0: Welcome to 30 Minutes from 91.3 KXCI Tucson. I'm Amanda Schager. This week, we share a session from the 2019 Tucson Festival of Books curated by Pima County Public Library's Nuestras Raíces program. This session is entitled, They Persisted. Authors Julissa Arce, Reina Grande, and Jean Guerrero share their tears and triumphs in the search for the American dream and a new home with moderator Yvonne Ramirez. Julissa Arce is a CNBC and Crooked Media contributor, writer, speaker, and social justice advocate. She is the co-founder and chairman of the Ascend Educational Fund, a college scholarship and mentorship program that assists immigrant students regardless of their immigration status, ethnicity, or national origin. Julissa is also a board member for the National Immigration Law Center and for College Spring. Prior to becoming an advocate, she built a successful career on Wall Street working at Goldman Sachs and Merrill Lynch. She is the author of My Underground American Dream, My True Story as an Undocumented Immigrant Who Became a Wall Street Executive, and Someone Like Me, How One Undocumented Girl Fought for Her American Dream. Reina Grande is an award-winning novelist and memoirist. In her latest book, The Distance Between Us, Reina writes about her life before and after immigrating from Mexico to the United States. The Distance Between Us is an inspirational coming-of-age story about the pursuit of a better life. Born in Mexico, Reina was two years old when her father left for the United States to find work. Her mother followed her father north two years later, leaving Reina and her siblings behind in Mexico. In 1985, when Reina was going on 10, she entered the U.S. as an undocumented immigrant. She later went on to become the first person in her family to graduate from college. Jean Guerrero is the author of Crux, a cross-border memoir, Winner of the Pen Fusion Emerging Writers Prize. In Crux, Guerrero explores her father's troubled story. She is an Emmy winning investigative reporter for KPBS. She contributes to NPR, PBS, and other public media. Her America's Wild series shines a light on the bipartisan nature of U.S. Mexico border barriers. She was born in California to a Puerto Rican mother. And a Mexican father. This is part one of a two part series. We begin with moderator Ivonne Ramirez, followed by Reyna Grande, Julissa Arce, and Jean Guerrero.
1: What have you learned the most from doing uh, publicity from each of your books? You know, so the writing, you learn something about it, and then once you hear what other people see about it, like what has come to mind?
2: Most you know? Oh, okay. I'm
1: the experienced
3: one. Okay. Good morning, everyone. Buenos dias. It's a, such a pleasure to be here with you this morning. Thanks so much for coming out to our panel. Uh, yeah. So the question is, what have we learned
2: yes, as from, a, mm-hmm.
3: in publicity? Yes. Well, one of the one of the things that I feel a lot of aspiring writers don't realize is that writing a book is only half the job of a writer and then the other half is to go out and sell it. And I know that we struggle because as artists, we tend to look at our work as as art. You know, we're creating art, we're artists, and it's hard for us to believe that we have to become sales like a salesperson and go out and sell your art. But that is what you need to do if you want to have a career as as a writer. So one of the most surprising things for me was that I became a writer because I'm an introvert and I like to to I like my solitude. I like spending time alone and writing and 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 really like giving myself completely over to my writing. And then when my books was uh, my book was published, I realized that I was gonna have to go out and talk in front of strangers about my work. So I had to develop a a personality that's a little bit more extroverted. And I also had to learn more about the business of writing because when I was at school um, getting my my BA, we talked a lot about the craft of writing. And I, and I learned a lot about plot and character development and all of those things that we need to learn to write. But we never once talked about um, how to get an agent, how to approach publishers, how to pitch yourself, how to sell your work. Mm -hmm. So when I graduated from the university, I was working on a novel, finishing a novel, and then I realized that I had no idea how how to sell this novel. And I would actually buy newspapers and look at the classified ad, at the classified section to see if agents or or, um, publishers would put ads saying that they were looking for a novelist, (laughs) that they wanted to pay a novelist to write a novel. And they don't do that. They, They don't put ads in the paper. So it took me about four years to try to figure out how to turn my dream into a reality and how to make a career out of a passion that i had for writing and uh, i was very fortunate that eventually i found my way i got an agent i I, um, i got 26 rejections and number 27 was a yes and that's how i got published and then after that i realized that half that i had written a book but now I had to switch gears and learn how to sell my work. And that's such a hard thing to do, to, to learn how to um, toot our own horn and how to talk about our work and try to get invited to, to um, you know festivals and things like that to, so that we can talk about our work. So that has been surprising for me, but I've, I learned very quickly that if I wanted to have a long-term career as a writer, I was gonna have to learn how to do that. And I realized, that yes, my writing can be art, but once it has a price tag of like fifteen dollars, <laughs> now it's a product, yes. and I have to learn how to sell this product. So, so I have five books published now. I've had a uh, twelve years now as a published writer, and and uh, that was the first lesson I learned, and I I have gotten really good at promoting myself and. Um, and I think I'm doing really well as a writer now because I'm a full-time writer, and I don't need to have a, 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 a real job to, to pay my
2: bills. My writing pays my bills. Thanks. So, so basically what Reyna is trying to say is that after, uh, after our panel, uh, you can buy our books at the tent right there and come get us to sign it. Yeah, so I don't have to go get a real job. Exactly. So you have to buy my book. Um, for me, like one of the things that I have learned uh, in these two in these two books is um, just how different different audiences perceive our work. So, with my first book, my Underground American Dream, um, there is some themes in it that are not necessarily appropriate for like younger audiences, and so I I wrote someone like me um, so that they could also pick up this book and learn about my experience. And one of the biggest things that has been surprising to me is how much young people Understand these concepts. Like I was afraid that they wouldn't understand some of the things that I talk about, like coming from Mexico and not learning how to sp- not knowing how to speak English when I first came here. Um, I talk I talk in my book about um, my my dad being an alcoholic and uh, being you know physically abusive, and I was a little bit scared about sharing some of those things with younger kids. But I've been really surprised at how much they understand and how empathetic they can be or they are. Um, the questions that that they kids will... I I just came from McAllen, Texas, where I visited a few fourth and fifth grade classes, and and, and they a lot of these kids wrote me letters where they said, um, you know that part in your book where your dad hit you with a spoon? Well, my my dad used to hit me too. And I always felt embarrassed about telling my classmates about it, but I'm so glad that you understand. And so that has been really um, eye-opening and surprising in a really beautiful way because I think that a lot of times when you go through really difficult things in your life, you don't feel comfortable sharing them with friends. Like, it's easier for me to. say some things in my books and in in front of you guys who I don't know personally than it is to share some of these things with my friends and with my family Mm -hmm. and um, one of the biggest things that I have realized is that I used to write um, so that other people would understand me, my experiences and uh, where I come from and one of the the switches that has gone off in my head has been that um, yes, it's really beautiful when somebody else understands your experience but more and more I'm writing so that those people that have been through experiences like mine can feel seen and they can feel understood and they can feel loved and they can feel like somebody else uh, is validating their experience because they've lived through it too so that I think has been my biggest lesson from from writing these books
4: as far as the publicity and what I've learned For me, it it was sort of the same process as as for Raina. Like, I, I went into writing because I'm an introvert and because I've always sort of felt inarticulate when it comes to talking. And I feel like writing is a way for me to really express myself in a way that I feel like I can't in person. So having to switch gears and suddenly sell my book and talk about my book was really jarring for me. And I just, I had a lot of anxiety around it. Um you know just as, as as women speaking up, for example, me as a journalist in, in a newsroom, like having the experience constantly of of pitching a story and then you know being interrupted by my male colleagues and then being having them you know express the exact same idea, um it's just something that you learn as a woman, just this constant feeling of anxiety around expressing yourself, and to overcome that was. It, it was really interesting because I had, I had a, a coach who told me that the way I was gonna be able to overcome that was to really focus on the little girl who I was when I first became you know, really obsessed with, with the story of my father and trying to understand him. And if I could just, put my, not put myself in her shoes, but remember that I'm doing this for her and to sort of adopt this like mother-child, relationship like I've already done the work of writing the book like and it was years of, of int- inter- internal and external toil to, to write it and now I have to sort of distance myself from that struggle and look at it like I'm, I'm an advocate for that child that I was when I f- was first deeply affected by the struggle of my father <laughs>
0: You are listening to a session from the 2019 Tucson Festival of Books curated by Pima County Public Library's Nuestros Raises program entitled They Persisted from 30 Minutes, 91.3 KXCI Tucson. Authors Julissa Arce, Reina Grande, and Jean Guerrero share their tears and triumphs with moderator Ivan Ramirez.
1: Um, so something that all three of you actually just mentioned were maybe like the themes uh, that included like family and alienation in your work. Um, so maybe to tie that into the topic of the panel itself, like how how would you say um, that alienation and family or one and not the other has has helped guide you to, to that place that you call home or whether the journey is still happening?
0: Julissa
2: Arce. So I- I mean, for for me, I think that the journey um, it's it's sort of interesting because I think that you know as an immigrant, when you first come to the U.S., uh, you're asked as an immigrant to assimilate, right, and to learn how to speak English and to assimilate to the American culture. I am still trying to figure out what the American culture is exactly because you know in Texas, American culture is very much Mexican culture and Tex-Mex culture, Um, and you know in California where I have also lived, and then when I go to New York, and, and in New York American culture and even Latino culture is totally different because we have Dominican and uh, Puerto Rican influences and so this idea of sort of like what American is like it's something I'm still trying to figure out but what ha- what does ha- what ha- what did happen to me and I talk about this in, in both of my books is as I as I did assimilate to what I thought was American culture and I learned how to speak English and I worked really hard to get rid of my accent uh, the more that I did that the more that I started to lose part of myself right Um, now as an adult I'm starting to really make a conscious effort of speaking more Spanish and reading more books in Spanish and because of that my tongue is like changing and so my accent is coming back Uh, and I'm like I worked so many years to get rid of it Um, and it's coming back but now it's coming back and I'm sort of embracing it I'm sort of uh, understanding that when you do have two cultures uh, you're never quite gonna be the same as someone who only has lived in one culture and has only spoken one language and has only lived in, in, in has had a different experience than you've had. Um, but one thing that, that another thing that I talk about is when I went, I, I my family, my parents, they went to, uh, my mom went to middle school, my dad finished high school. And so there were times when I was trying to explain what I did to them uh, on Wall Street. And it was really hard sometimes to explain to them what, the work that I was doing is—I mean, it's hard to explain what you do in Wall Street to even people who have, um, you know, who have been educated. Uh, and so, like, to my parents, it was more even even more difficult to explain to them. So I kind of felt myself pulling away from them, um, and and I would call—I would like dread. Calling my mom because I felt like I couldn't explain to her or like I couldn't relate to her, Um, and so that's uh, and so I sort of have even now you know when people ask me was your mom proud of you for writing books and I'm like yes of course she's really proud of but I don't think she quite uh, understands like. The work that goes into writing a book and the work that goes into publishing it, and like the the work that I do now, um, mm-hmm. and, and also my mom has not been able to finish reading the book because she finds it very painful. Uh, so she's like, I can't read it because I just keep crying. Um, I, I wish she would get to the end though, you know, because because it has like a joyful ending, and so I wish, she, and so I just kind of try to tell her like, Mom, the only reason why I even have been able to write books is because of you and like the sacrifices that you made for me so this idea of being alienated is something that has continually been a theme in my life and in my writing because I have always felt alienated from different things, alienated from the American culture and the more American I became, the more alienated I was from my own culture and from my own family and so that's something that I continue to try to reconcile uh, both in my in my daily life but also um, in my writing and those are the themes that I that I That I've I've explored in both of my books, and that I continue to explore in in the work that I um, that I will publish next.
3: Yeah.
2: All right.
0: Avena Grande.
3: For me, um, I've written two memoirs. The first one is uh, "The Distance Between Us," and the second one is called "A Dream Called Home." So the titles kind of tell you what what the theme is in the in both memoirs. So in "The Distance Between Us." I write about um, the the many kinds of distances that separated me from my family. And the first one was a geographical distance when both of my parents immigrated and they came here and I stayed behind in Mexico. So I talk a a lot about the effects of that, that physical distance and how it impacted my relationship with my parents. And then when we were finally reunited many years later, there was an emotional distance And it was harder to overcome that emotional distance than that that physical distance. And then, of course, you know, like Julissa, as I became assimilated, my assimilation created another distance between me and my parents. Language became a distance when I became English dominant and my parents never learned English. So um, language also became another distance. Education became a distance, too, because um, the day I started junior high school, I surpassed both of my parents in their educational achievements because my father only went to third grade, my mother only went to sixth grade. So when I started junior high, I had already done more than they had ever done and of course when I went to college and I got a BA I got an MFA my parents had no idea how to relate to my experience of of that I could never share my journey as a university student with my parents and then my writing also became a distance because since they they didn't have much education they were not readers and they never read anything I wrote and my, my father passed away seven years ago he never once read anything that I had written and um, my mother also didn't read my stuff until when The Distance Between Us um, came out in Spanish I did an interview with Jorge Ramos you guys know Jorge Ramos, a news anchor for Univision, he interviewed me and my mother watched that interview on TV and Jorge Ramos kept saying that he really liked my book and he said it's such a good book so then after the interview laughter my mother calls me and says, oh, I, I saw your interview on TV and I'm gonna read your book because Jorge Ramos said he was good. <laughs> so I owe him. I'm never gonna be able to repay him for that because it was the first time my mother ever read anything I had written. So it was really special to me that that happened. So, so this, this book really explores like all of that, that uh, distance in my family. And um, a dream called home, the theme was home. Because I realized that ever since I was a little girl and my parents immigrated, I had been longing for that home. And one of the biggest ironies of my life is that my parents immigrated because they wanted to build us a house. So they came here to look for work and save money to build us a house in Mexico. But in wanting to build us a house, they destroyed our home. And we never got it back never. So I had always been longing for this home and through the years of my adolescence and my young adulthood I kept waiting for them to give me that home back that they had taken away from me and at some point I realized they were not going to give me that home. Nobody was going to give me that home. I was going to have to create that home for myself and at the time all I had was um, words and dreams. So I started creating a home out of words and dreams and, and that the home I, I live in now it's it's that home that I built for myself and that I can take with me wherever I go
0: Jean Guerrero.
4: so my sense of alienation always came from not knowing what was going on with my father so the book crux it's it's about my quest to finally try and understand that um, so in my very early years, my, my father was a stay-at-home dad. Um, my mom's a doctor, and so I spent most of my time with him. So when he began to sort of deteriorate and go into this world where he was convinced that the CIA was persecuting him, seeing things that nobody else could see and hearing voices that nobody else could hear, I, I, I was just... I became sort of fixated on understanding how it was possible that a man who had been so playful and so intelligent and so active in my life had had just vanished that way. He, he was right in front of me, but he was in another world. Um, and then kind of what made it worse was like, my, my mom, in, in her attempt to make it better, would always, like once he disappeared from our, li- our lives for a few years because he started traveling around the world trying to escape the alleged CIA persecutors, my mother always told me, like you just have to forget about him. You just have to erase him from your mind. He's just crazy. Forget about him. And so this erasure that she was trying to cause in my mind made me kind of do the opposite and become obsessed with figuring out well, who is he, like, why Why is he, you know, gone? Mm-hmm. Um, and ultimately, the book is is about how that actually turned self-destructive, almost. I just, I embarked on this pursuit of, of trying to understand him, and because I couldn't most of the time, um, I sort of tried to, I started to conjure him in myself and, and start to be you know, echo a lot of his self-destructive behaviors, experimenting with drugs, and as a foreign correspondent in Mexico, just putting myself in really unnecessary, dangerous situations. Um, and it wasn't until I became, until I realized that I could use the, my my tools as a journalist to try to understand my father, um, that I was able to... to ground myself in reality. And so with that, my my father actually was on board with me writing this book where I began to interview him um, and and began to explore all different lines of inquiry. Like, perhaps perhaps he actually was a victim of CIA mind control experiments, um, because we actually did see some experiments in the 1950s and 60s that focused on addicts immigrants, prostitutes, people sort of marginalized communities. I also explore the possibility that he had inherited some kind of shamanic powers from his great-great-grandmother in southern Mexico, who I learned was a well-respected curandera. And then I also just explored the possibility that my father really did just have something wrong with his brain. Um, and, And it was through these different lines of inquiry that I was able to realize that The truth is always way more complex than we think it is. And once we are able to sit with that uncertainty and that complexity, then we stop these self destructive cycles of repeating patterns, um, repeating destructive patterns in our lives.
1: Thanks. Um, So, thinking about how you uh three were able to capture your memories and your emotions and then package it into this work of literature um so the the emotion pieces are still there but you were, you had to take like real human people from your life and convert them into literary devices um do you have any insight to like how that how that process like happened
3: arena grande I have written um, two novels and two memoirs. And it's such a different experience writing both genres. So I'll give you an example. Um, Writing a novel is almost like doing a painting, because you start with a canvas, you know, blank canvas. And then you do a sketch, and then you start to lay down the paint one color at a time. And so you're creating the world from nothing, right? When you write a memoir, You start with a block of wood. It's like making a sculpture. So you have this big block of wood, or if your life was really hard like mine, it's a block of granite. (laughs) And then you have to decide what you're going to remove and what you're going to keep. And that's how you start to chip away, chip away, chip away, to release the image. So it's two different things where with one you start with nothing and with the other one you start with too much that then you have to start to pare back. So with memoir it's really about what, what you take out is just as important as what you put in. And that's what I've discovered with these two different genres. And uh, one of the things with, with writing memoir was uh, what I, that I had a difficult time with was that I was writing about real people and because I thought well they're real then I don't have to work too hard to develop them the way I would in my fiction because in fiction I'm creating characters myself and whereas in memoir you're writing about real people so um, my first draft of the distance between us I showed it to uh, my writing teacher and he told me that all my characters were so undeveloped and I said but they're real (laughs) <laughs> and he said, well, they're real to you because they're your family, but to your readers, they're not. They're so undeveloped. And uh, so then I started thinking about my parents, and I had to look at them. And what I realized was that I was writing about them through the eyes of their daughter. And when we look at our parents through um, the eyes of you know, the, their daughter or their son, it's very limited to how we see them. Whereas if you look at them, you know, I had to look at them through the eyes of a writer. I realized their complexity, right? That they they were so complex as human beings, that they had their virtues and their flaws, that they had their past histories, everything that made them who they were. So then I had to to look at them like, you know, the, the physiological, the psychological, and the social aspects of what made them who they are. And in doing that, I learned so much from them. And it's like, surprise, surprise, my parents are human beings. And I stopped judging them in the way I was judging them as their daughter. And in writing a book and discovering and being able to look at them from a writer's perspective, and I had so much more compassion for them as a writer than I did as her daughter, I, I, little by little, my writing brought me closer and closer to forgiveness and understanding. And by the time I finished writing the book, I was a completely different person than when I first started it. And I had such a different relationship with my parents by the end of the book than when I did when I first started writing the book. So that has been the greatest gift to me that these books have given me is to have a better relationship with we'll my parents. We'll have to
0: leave it there. You've been listening to a session from the 2019 Tucson Festival of Books curated by Pima County Public Library's Nuestros Raises, entitled They Persisted. Authors Julissa Arce, Reina Grande, and Jean Guerrero share their tears and triumphs with moderator Yvonne Ramirez. This has been part one of a two-part series. Thank you for listening to 30 Minutes from 91.3 KXCI Tucson. I'm Amanda Schager. You can find this and all recent episodes of 30 Minutes on the 30-Minute Program page at kxci.org. You can also subscribe to the podcast, and there's also a 30 Minutes Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.